episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suami. I'm James Rathbone. And this week, we have a very special episode dedicated to the super producer of the decade, perhaps? A young man from St. Louis by the name of Metro Boomin, who just released his third studio album, uh, this one, the, the previous two were with with rappers, one rapper solely, one with Big Sean, one with Twenty One Savage. This one has a collection of the hottest rappers in the game, and it's a very interesting record, mm-hmm. a very interesting time for Metro. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about the new record, but we're also going to break down uh, his career, his innumerable hits, and uh, kind of the way that he has actually controlled a lot of how rap sounded this decade and in ways songs that you probably would be surprised in retrospect that he he did or like when you just start listing off how many of like the best songs that come out were hit so it's it's pretty exciting to like just go back through it so metro woman does indeed want some more and so do we Yeah, so I think like the first time I heard any Metro Booming was in 2013, or at least that I was aware of. I'd probably heard some like Lucy stuff that he'd made before that. Because like kind of one of the things that's crazy about Metro Booming was that when he was in like high school, he was just like putting out like beats for pretty big rappers like Gucci Mane and Big Sean and, you know, a lot of like kind of the other than those two, maybe like some of the more like C tier b-tier kind of uh rappers in atlanta mm-hmm. yeah i mean like metro's story is pretty interesting because he started rapping uh he started being a producer early on in his life as a teenager because he was interested in rapping and he couldn't afford to buy beats from anyone so he was learning to develop how to make beats on his own and then quickly realized that he preferred being a producer to being a rapper so that's like sort of how he got got into it then he started messing around with fruity loops and obviously, like like a lot of teenagers, super inspired by Soldier Boy and the kind of self directed up by your bootstraps internet marketing way of becoming getting into the rap game, mm-hmm. and quickly started like making his connections through selling beats online and connecting with a lot of this like you know rappers in the south. Like he has production credits for you know Young Scooter, Young Scooter, OJ Juice, Juice Man. He worked with Big Sean early on in Big Sean's mixtape days. Yeah, French Montana. And then in 2011, he he had a, he started working with Jeezy a little mm-hmm. bit. So like through this, he was like starting to get his name out there, spreading it around. Yeah. And uh, the big bellwether of his career it seems like is like when he met Future mm-hmm. or started working with Future, and he produced a song for Future in 2013 called Hard, mm-hmm. which was the beginning of their relationship. Yeah. And then sort of through Future, started to meet a lot of other rappers and producers in the Atlanta scene. Yeah. And I, and you know first I mean. A lot of the songs that he was making up until that point were kind of like deep cuts, mixtape stuff. Uh, but he he put out a song with Future that uh, you know I remember was super exciting at the time called Karate Chop. Karate Chop, what yeah. a time! Yeah, um, yeah, it's a really really fun song. One of the I would one of the standout uh, f- at this point, Future already had like a dozen standout mixtape tracks. But I remember this feeling like a moment where he was about to hit a whole new lane, a whole new echelon of success because just the, the sheer strength of the song was, it was undeniable. Yeah. So let's listen to a little bit of Karate Shop right now. Yeah. 
Drink a bunch of codeine. Serving to the dope fiends. Blowing money, stay clean. Michael Jackson, Billy Jean. So around 2012 or 13, Metro started attending Morehouse, which is a very prestigious, historically black college in Atlanta that's an all-male school. And he only lasted a semester there because Morehouse is a very strict attendance policy where you basically, if you miss two classes, you fail the course. So he was going to classes and then leaving class and going to make, you know, make beats for rappers. And it was just like, he was basically leading a double life Yeah, and it just proved to be impossible for him. So he dropped out of school Mm -hmm. and 2013 is also the year that he had, you know, his biggest breakout. So we had karate chop. He had uh, Mason Margiela also by future, which I remember was another big moment for him. Yeah. And he slowly is like really like starting to get his name out there. Yeah. But then uh, I think, 2014 is like when it was sort of like all of a sudden Metro Booming is everywhere. Um, he had a couple of tracks on Honest, the sort of underrated future, uh, future's second major label record. That's right. Which I think, yeah, we think is underrated. Yeah. People, and it, people don't. he also, he has the title, the title track of oh, the yeah. album Honest. Like the album was actually supposed to be called Future Hendrix. And then when Future heard the beat for Honest and came up with the song honest he he it was like it was like essentially like an instagram post that says mood he's mm-hmm. like this is my mood <laughs> and he changed the whole changed the album title so that was a big vote of confidence for for metro mm-hmm. um 2014 also had uh one of his biggest early hits which is the mcconan's the i love mcconan song tuesday yeah i think that's when i really knew that he like that the power of that song was when i knew that he was really like it you know he is sort of like there was something really distinct about that song um that like it just i don't know it didn't sound like a regular rap song but it did sound like a regular rap song mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. it wasn't like too far out there but there was you know it it really kind of in the in the similar way that McConan himself uh at his best was kind of like both in and out you know he's he's an outsider uh of a rap game in a lot of ways but also could absolutely run with the tropes of Atlanta rap as well as anybody when he wanted to. That's right. And this song was nominated for a Grammy. Um, obviously Drake hopped on it mm-hmm. and it became like a super smash hit. Yeah. But this is just the beginning of Metro's dominance in the rap game, which he co-produced a song with Sunny Digital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another thing about Metro that's like worth noting is that he, from the very beginning of his career essentially has always been very good at working with other producers this yeah. whole atlanta scene you got the 808 mafia which is comprised of uh, like, <laughs> like eight tw- to ten yeah, i don't know you know 12? different producers yeah who tm88 tm88 yeah uh, it's it started by Southside and yeah. lex luger yeah but you have Southside and tm88 tarantino and you know a bunch of other people who's who's Names you may not be as familiar with, but you've definitely heard them yeah. on your favorite rapper songs. And I mean, <clears throat> I mean, one of the things that about rap production is that a lot of times uh, a rap producer will get to a place, say a Timbaland or a Dr. Dre, and like realistically, they're not making beats anymore. They have a bunch of people underneath them who are writing, like right, making beats, and then they'll put their little touch on it. And then they'll sell it and, you know, then they have their sort of employees underneath them. But I feel like in Atlanta, they're actually a little bit more transparent 
with that. Like, you know, like under like the Mike Will name, for example, he's always been like very open about how he has sort of a team. I feel like with like, uh, yeah, like uh, 808 Mafia, they're, you know, they they have just always, it's just like clear that it's not like someone's kind of getting ripped off here, which I think kind of mm-hmm. does happen a lot with rap production. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, there was also some, like, I think one of the things that was, I remember really being excited about with Metro early in 2014 was there was all of these songs from Metro Thuggin, his never released uh, collaboration with Young Thug. He had a song called Speed Racer, which is still sounds so futuristic to this day. We should, we should listen to Speed Racer. Yeah. Yeah. There's the the blank language, which I think was also a standout moment for Young Thug. I think yeah. I remember I remember that being a time where a lot of people were like, "Oh, we have to take this Young Thug guy seriously. Mm-hmm. Like he can actually rap." Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was sort of like before that, Young Thug was really like with Ten Seventeen Thug, which uh, Metro also had production on. Uh, Young Thug was like really promising and really interesting, but it was sort of I felt like with Metro Thuggin and like as well as like Danny Glover that he we were starting to see that like. Young Thug was really just on another planet compared to a lot of rappers who were kind of derivative, sounded the same on a lot of songs. Yeah, and I also think it was a, a, among the first times that he started to sound fully realized. Yeah. Even with 1017 Thug, which on which there are great songs, a lot of the times it felt like, okay, there's some really good ideas here, but it that doesn't all the way congeal. No. It's not like a perfect package. Yeah. So there was a lot of promise, but it hadn't yet been consummated. Mm-hmm. And then with songs like The Blanguage and... Danny Glover and things from that era is where it really started to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other th- the other big record that he had a uh, huge um, effect on, and also I think was one of the records that we're not. I don't think we're actually going to talk about it in our classic records, but it's one of Jordan and I's favorite records from this past decade. Is Days Before Rodeo, Travis Scott's. Um, sort of breakout, in my opinion, like sort of breakout record. Mm-hmm, he had Al mm-hmm. Faro before that, but like Days Before Rodeo was like a on a whole another level. And he has a couple, to my opinion, two of the the absolute best beats on that with Mamacita and Skyfall. Yeah, which were just sounded like nothing else. It's true. It's true. There's a really great video of Travis Scott in the studio coming up and Metro making that beat together, and you see how. They're just just the way that they're vibing, the way that they're putting it together, and Travis is describing things, and Metro is like is like doing them, mm-hmm. and you could see Travis get increasingly more excited as like at, at Metro's skills and his abilities to translate the vision in his mind mm-hmm. into sounds, yeah. And it's just a really fun video to see. Yeah. Um. He also produced a song tw- uh, called Back, which is a really great and underrated kind of forgotten song that sounds really different from a lot of the other stuff on the. Uh, um, on the album and mm-hmm. just that even Travis got it done at the time. Um, so yeah, like it was just like really this, this just even from these production credits alone, mm-hmm. he's already having a breakaway year. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff is like, 
you know, critically acclaimed kind of like underground hits. Tuesday is obviously a big commercial hit, mm-hmm. but like Metro still hadn't taken full control of the charts in the way that he did in the later years. Like, yeah, but it was, it was definitely trending upwards. And yeah. It was a matter of like, is this going to be able to translate to, for, to other production mm-hmm. credits that, that kind of step outside of this realm yeah. and may even take these artists to new, to new places. One of the, so, and then one of the things that I think where to me where that really happened was kind of in a funny way because honest is a sort of almost ironic that like honest the record that he uh had such an effect on kind of bombed and future you know a lot of people said that future kind of flopped he was like you know even though it has like i think a a few really good songs like shit or uh you know even move that dope, which I don't know that Future likes that much, but I th- that song is still really fun. Uh-huh. Uh, he was sort of like Future almost needed to come back, and and he come back he did, and totally dominated 2015. But that really started with Monster, a mixtape that uh, Metro Boomin produced at the end of 2014. Mm-hmm. That has a lot like that sort of started Future's incredible run that went through 2015, and. Uh, and then in 2015, Future, uh, yeah, I mean, Future just kind of destroyed, like, I don't, I don't, it's one of the few thing, times I've ever seen a rapper actually just, yeah, come in and destroy the other landscape, especially when there's a lot of really interesting competition at the time. Um, yeah. And so it's interesting that Metro was such a big part of Future's album, Honest, which kind of bombed. Mm-hmm. He had four production credits on that. And then he was a big part of Future's, the album that broke Future out into the superstar that he is today. Yeah. So he started with Monster. Then on Future's breakout album, DS2, yeah. Metro is all, all over, over this it. album. It's most of the record. Yeah, it's most of the record. And like some of Metro's most interesting productions are on this. Mm-hmm. Like I still remember the first time that I heard I Serve the Bass. Yeah. And I was like, what is this sound? Yeah. It really was like very dystopian sounding it just felt like you were like future's whole thing about being an astronaut and being in pluto this song sounded like pluto Mm -hmm. but was also very grounded in the streets of atlanta yeah so like let's listen to a bit of ice over the bass It's not just, I mean, this, if you look at the product, if you look at what Metro did on this album and think about how this album sounds, DS2 in particular, mm-hmm. and, and go through the songs that he's produced on this album, there are so many truly iconic moments and beats that he's made that are on this album. Like, Thought It Was a Drought, the album opener mm-hmm. is just like, you know, a slow crawling, like slowly ascending you know, a yeah. song that really does at the beginning sounds like the feeling what, it, what I would imagine it feels like to be on scissor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like you're crawling and then it like, it goes up and it, it kicks, the beat in. Drum, yeah, it kicks yeah. in and it's like, wow. Okay. Now I'm like, I'm in a zone. I really remember like when that, like, I think the, I actually think I remember quite clearly the first time we 
I think it was you who played that song at Boozy Fade. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, Boozy Fade was, had, like, at that point, was, you know, it was doing, it was like a year in, you know, we were doing well, but it, it didn't, it hadn't quite reached the energy levels that, uh, it would, that, you know, we see quite regularly now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it was like that summer when, like, that, there was that and, um, like, Drake's, you know, back to back. Yeah. It was, yeah. that was when I felt like Boozy Fade really became something special. Uh-huh. And like, it, it, that's, I, that's when Boozy Fade the party, it's like, that's when I realized I'm like, there's nothing else like this. Yes. Yeah. It was, I, I remember when that, it was like, I it was almost like scary how intense the energy, like, just like changed when, when we play, when you played that record, I remember. Yeah. Some, some great times. Also just on this album, we got like, a lot of really fun production, really great rapping from Future. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one perhaps problematically titled and thematically problematic song <laughs> on this album called Slave Master, which is a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's listen to a little bit of Slave Master. And then, I mean, this, so this moment is just a huge victory for Future and a huge victory for Metro. Mm-hmm. It's the album was number one on the, the, the Billboard Hot 100. Um, sorry, or on the, the album charts. And, yeah. and then it, was, it just created, I feel like this really took Future and Metro's connection to a, another level mm-hmm. because later this year, Metro was also heavily involved in the surprise album collaboration album called what a time to be alive with yeah. Drake and future. If you uh, have been listening to us regularly, you know, we've talked about this record and the kind of funny uh, experience it was listening to the two of the hottest, two of the three, four hottest rappers uh, in the world at the time put out an interesting record, maybe slightly underwhelming, but not because of the production. The production was very strong, and you know Metro, like a lot, Metro's responsible for I think almost all of the most the strongest production on that record. Yeah, he's collaborating on the, on here with like people like Boy Wanda and Alan Ritter, but mm-hmm. he's a part of a lot of these songs, mm-hmm. and some of them sound they sound so different from one another. You yeah. got Diamonds Dancing on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Scholarships. You have Live from the Gutter, Big Rings. Those songs are a little more like traditional trap, but even like Diamonds Dancing is like. You know, just a really like slow. This is like the slow song in the strip club. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like I, I mean, to, for to me, like while he was like doing really interesting stuff in 2014, 2015 is is when Metro becomes sort of the producer of the moment, and it doesn't really stop that year. Actually, I think it it just his momentum just accelerates into 2016. 2016 he comes out with like future comes out <clears throat> sort of at the tail end of his like almost like saturating the market mm-hmm. when he, he puts out two mixtapes in two months uh purple rain which metro especially has a lot of credits on and then evil mm-hmm. where uh which i wasn't as big a fan of but it had maybe i think to the this day features biggest song mask off might be bigger uh, but uh, but yeah, low life with the weekend, yeah, absolutely massive song. Really big song, hundreds of millions of YouTube views. I don't know what its like peak chart position was, mm-hmm. but it was it was just a huge huge hit. 
and even on Purple Rain, he's got Wicked, yeah, which is just a, a really, song. really, really fun, just incredible. Just like Metro is really good, I think, at finding. There's a lot of trap producer pe- producers that play in the trap space that kind of just create variations of the same beat. Mm-hmm. And I think like Metro, Zaytoven. what's that? Like Zaytoven. Like Zaytoven. Um, but I think Metro does a really good job of sometimes playing in the same space, but inverting the style, mm-hmm. like making it sound like something completely different. Yeah. Like the drums are still hitting in a certain way, but like you, f- like concept, just even like the song atmospherically feels like something very new. Mm-hmm. Like when I, when, when, when I first heard Wicked, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like this, it sound, it really sounded different from a lot of other stuff that was out. Mm-hmm. And let's listen to a little bit of Wicked. Stand up in the motor bus to dance, bro. Stand up in the motor bus to dance, bro. Hold up, wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Counters burning, money burning, graveyard, these niggas. Found them parking, big dog parking, hey. And these songs are, these are just, these are fun, like, these are fun songs to listen to in a club. These are Mm -hmm. fun songs to listen to in a car. These are, these are really energizing songs. Mm -hmm. And not long after those, uh, those future records came out. And I I can remember feeling just like, like just so sort of infatuated with Metro Booming Sound. He was like one of, it's like rare he put it. He was sort of in a rare company of of being a hip hop producer who I would just check for. Like if I saw he was producing, especially for an artist I quite liked, and wasn't just he wasn't just like selling a throw a beat to someone. Uh, like if a new Metro and Future song came out, I was excited about it. So then when Kanye released the Life of Pablo, and you, I remember for the first time I listening to it, and you know this sort of beautiful soft. Uh, tones of ultralight beam finish and then father stretch my hands start one part one starts and it's just like it was just like holy shit this is just like just hearing the metro drop mm-hmm. at the, uh, you know after the sort of uh, qu- like the choir uh, sample uh, it was just like it was. I mean, it, to this day, that still sounds so amazing. Yeah, just perfectly arranged. Yeah. And this is the, the first time that Kanye West has ever allowed another producer's tag on one of his songs. Yeah. So that and and this was like one of those moments where it was very clear that like, oh, Metro's price just went up. Yeah. <laughs> because it became a cultural phenomenon. It became a moment. Yeah. And I feel like this is around the time that people started to notice producer tags a lot more. Mm-hmm, so this sure. kind of this kind of like brought ushered that in where people pay, started paying more attention to it. Yeah. So let's let's play, let's play that. Of, you'll yeah. you'll you'll know it exactly. If young Metro don't trust you, I'm gonna show you. Beautiful morning. And Met- Metro's like on, on this album in a few different yeah. big moments. There's Waves, yeah, um, and FML, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, he like I love this record. One of my favorite albums of the decade, and uh, you know. 
it sort of it was like one of the things that I thought was so great about it was there was a feeling of like I love it when Kanye sort of brings the best out of his collaborators and you know that that was a sense I had I was like so happy that Kanye had like kind of reached out to like Young Thug and like basically brought in this new Atlanta sound onto the record and done it so seamlessly um yeah, it was just, you know, that's like one of my favorite things about it. It's a really big year for Metro. We also got him on the the Little Uzi Vert's mm-hmm. breakout uh, mixtape. Yeah. Little Uzi Vert vs. the World, which is still my favorite Little Uzi Vert pro- project. And he produced You Was Right and Baby Are You Home, which are two really great. Like, interestingly enough, Little Uzi at the, was at that time, and to a degree now, but especially at the time, was playing in the same space that Future did during... Uh, Pluto, which mm. is these kind of like thug love songs, very yeah. like very sing sing based. This is where he's like really like kind of on the the edges of the kind of emo rap that has now taken over through the little peeps. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to You Was Right and some of the, and even Baby Are Your Home, they're both like kind of they're on the edges of of those songs. Mm-hmm. I I mean he. Yeah, like one of the things that like really struck me going back through his discography is like some of the most sort of far out experimental rap, especially from Atlanta that has come out this decade. And most of the best far out experimental rap has come from Atlanta. Um, It was like Metro was behind so much of it. And I mean, he, he also, though, throughout the year was putting out some like big hits like he did. He has co-production on Drake's uh, Child Play, yeah, Child's, uh, Child's Play. Play, which is a great song. He does he produced the entirety of uh, Twenty One Savage's Breakout mixtape, uh, Savage, Savage Mode. Mode, yeah, which is just like one of the most nihilistic sounding albums of all time. It's yeah. like up there with like Mob Deep and things like that. It's just so fucking heavy. And also, just another example of Metro's growth as a producer. Like if you see if you see him as the kind of person. The trap sound, which usually prides itself on being kind of maximalist in a lot of ways, at least mm-hmm. from the Lex Luger school. Yeah, you have on on uh, Savage Mode. You see Metro kind of taking things down a bit. Like this, there's a lot of spare production, a lot of stuff that is clearly set up for Twenty One to kind of find his space in, mm-hmm. and just from like no advance to no heart, uh, even X, like which is one of the big breakout singles of that album, is like. Th- Metro is creating creating space for the rapper to kind of put his imprint mm-hmm. and like kind of almost playing the background. So it's almost like you don't it's almost like you don't even really realize that the production is actually very deft in the sense that it's like it's attuned to this exact song. It's not it's not it's not a it's not a production that he would have sold to another rapper. It sounds yeah. like, you know. He also produced um Post Malone's like first huge hit that year. Big Congratulations. Song. Big graduation song. Yeah, that, that, that song I feel like is like gonna last a very long time. It's gonna be around for forever. Yeah. It's like it it has it like it or not. Yeah, like it or not. It the song was a post first top twenty hit mm-hmm. on the or sorry, second. And it peaked at number eight. It has, uh, I think, nearly a billion views on YouTube right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even want to know what the streaming numbers are at, but it's like, this is a crazy, crazy huge track. Yeah. And like, just think about this year that he's had so far. So you were talking about being on The Life of Pablo. Being, on, it, being on views. Being on views. He helps usher in little Uzi Vert as it, like a new star. Helps 21, usher Savage 21 Savage. Creates, like, creates, you know, the career that 21 Savage is still have. Like, has this big, loose, like, you know, single production tracks on 
new stars like yeah. post Malone. So he's really, this is like, he's really everywhere. Yeah. No, he's like actually just so incredibly dominant. And, and then like, you know, 2017 rolls around and just at the, the, as the calendar year is switching over, we hear, uh, a little song called bad and bougie, which I mean, to me is one of the best rap beats of all time. There's something that is just so infectious and like, it just makes you want to dance and it's just so fun to rap along to. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, you know, it really also just kind of helps us think about the Migos in like an entirely different way. Yeah. And every verse on it is so good. You know, it's just such an incredible track. And, uh, you know, for me, that's like, rather than congratulations, I wish Bad and Bougie was like played at like every wedding (laughs) ever. ever. Starting to be played at a lot more weddings. Yeah, as it should be. Mm -hmm. It's kind of my marker if I'm like, if I am playing an iffy crowd when I'm DJing and I play Bad and Bougie and there's not any response, then I like basically am like, well, I can just check out mentally because we're clearly not on the same page here if you don't <laughs> like this song, you know? But yeah, and then then he, he also had Big Sean's Bounce Back, which yes. is a song I really like. Me too. It's sort of, a, it, it kind of, it was big-ish, but I think it's still, it's like aged really well and just like flew under the radar a little bit. And then I, I like, this is all within the span of like six weeks. He then also produces uh, what, is maybe Future's biggest song? Yes. It must yeah. be his biggest song. It must be. Mask Off, which is basically like if the RZA was working in Atlanta in the 2000s. It is like, I mean, just such a massive, incredible song that like you can never really get tired of. It's, it's sort of like ushered in like a, I don't know, like the like the flute sound into yeah, rap yeah. a little bit more. I mean, a lot of people have been using the, the pan flute. Mm-hmm. This is like one of its best, best, best exa- yeah, examples yeah. of it, especially in modern time. So it- it, like one of the things that like I was thinking about with mask off and just generally with Metro is that he is probably other than Kanye, like the, and uh, you could say like someone like Mad Lib, but it's sort of much different lane. He's really been keeping the sample alive and doing really interesting things with samples in like popular rap or in like hard street rap. You know, like just the fact that you could like basically take something that does kind of sound like a 2017 version of a Wu-Tang beat and put Future on it and make like, you know, kind of school kids rap about Percocets on the playground. It's like you really must be doing something special. (laughs) Metro's for the culture. It's for the children. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I mean, his year continues with him doing a lot of 21 Savages record. Uh, including, you know, 21's, one of his biggest hits, Bank Account, doing uh, Kodak Black's Tunnel Vision, mm. uh, the entirety of the 21 Savage offset without warning. Yeah, as we're, as, we're, as we're going through his discography, you know. It's just the, like an, an un, unending. Yes, it's really unending. Not not a lot of women artists. Nope. But he, he did do Dreezy's. He did do work with Dreezy. That's right. Yeah. And uh, but in, also in 2017, he he does production on a Lana Del Rey song. Yeah. Yeah. Because Metro's got his hands in everything. Yeah. You know, as we're going through this, I'm like, how is this man alive? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How did one person produce this? But it's uh, like, you know, he's still like 24 years old, 23. Yeah. He's like a young man. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. got a lot of energy. I'm really glad he took a little gap year this year. He needed he, he needed, needed to take it. a break when he because in 2017 he put out he put out a few collaborative albums 
Um, he was like, he put out one with Nav. Put out one with Nav. Uh, some of you may know I'm a huge Nav fan, inexplicably. Like, I literally <laughs> cannot tell you why I like him so much. I think it's just I'm just happy that our brown boy from the Rex is on. Yeah. Um, it's Rexdale in Toronto. It's a neighborhood in Toronto for those of you that don't live here. Um, but yeah, so put out put out a collaborative project with with Nav, which I enjoyed. Um, I think I was one of maybe twelve or fifteen people that liked it. <laughs> He put out one with Twenty One Savage and Offset called yeah. "Without Warning," which is which, which is bigger, bigger, much bigger. Has yeah. one of his biggest, most successful songs on there, which is Rick Flair, Rick Flair Drip." Yeah. Um, and then you then he put out one with with Big Sean, and that's when I was like, "Okay, Metro's working too much." Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know, if it's a double or nothing. From which I think none of these songs have lasted in yeah. any way. It's been, hasn't been very long, but I feel like this was a moment where people were like, okay, maybe we're like a little oversaturated with Metro. Yeah. And I think I, it might, he must've just burnt out like, and that's completely understandable because he dominated in a way that like very few producers have ever, especially, you know, like, okay, there was sort of a Kanye there's, you know, we, we were sort of talking about this before we recorded the episode, actually. The um, Kanye, there's Neptunes, there's Dr. Dre, it's RZA. But none of them, like, were, re- like, I mean, maybe you could say it about, like, say, Timberland, Kanye, or, or Neptunes, that they were really, like, as prolific, kind of, and as, like, sort of consistently dominant. One of the things that I think really makes Metro's career so special is that he just seemed to be able to bring the best out of such a diverse range of artists. Mm. I don't think there's really too many people who you could say the same thing about. A lot of like the really great artists, like producers, found a great artist and they just like, kind of had the one or two that they worked with. Yeah, I mean, you know? l- unless you're talking about the like Rick Rubens of the world. Yeah, the ab- but the absolute top tier, top of the top of yeah. producers. And it's just amazing to think that Metro is sort of kind of in that same like conversation it's true it's true and he's still so young and in the last in the last little bit he's really i think he's also in a lot of ways showing a new model for how producers especially if you're going to be in front of the camera a bit how producers can move forward especially with 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 without becoming a rapper Mm -hmm. because he's become a touring dj so he's like kind of doing the thing you see murder beats has been doing it this year a lot too where you're you're essentially you're kind of hosting, you're playing beats, you're you know, you're you're like a party starter basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an elaborate way of doing like a club appearance almost. Yeah. You know? So he's he's doing festivals, he's opening for rappers. He was at that Travis Scott show. He was show at the Travis we Scott show that was supposed to be with Travis Scott and Young Thug, but Young Thug didn't get across the border. Yeah. Metro DJ'd yeah. with uh OG Chase B. And it was incredible. Yeah. Very exciting. He's a very charismatic man. Yeah. So he's doing that. He created his own label in conjunction with Universal Buminati Worldwide. <laughs> nice. Very good name. And I think that, you know, you, there's a lot of different producers who eventually put out their own projects with varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if, even if there is another producer in this decade that has put out, I mean, just based off of like Metro's new album, which we're going to get into in a moment, puts out put out an album like this that is this and this people are this excited for mm-hmm. and is likely to do. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how it performs. Um, but like, it, it's you know on on this album there are some really standout songs from from mm-hmm. Twenty One Savage especially. Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of like a, I one of the things I was thinking about is like in the history of sort of of a producers putting out kind of like their like compilations 
it's kind of a mixed bag historically. Like mm-hmm. they, you have things like In Search of by the Neptunes, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, so was sort of like a, a catalog of like Star Trek artists as well as like obviously like uh, like N R N E R D. But you know, also like I can kind of think of something, some ones that are like like Mike Will ones, which are kind of hit or miss a little definitely, bit. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, and and I think like you know, say Tovin's done some stuff like that which i think can be again hit or miss uh whereas this one's really interesting mm-hmm. I, I i what did you think of the record i thought it was i thought it was really good yeah i, I thought, thought so too. just as we were talking about earlier about metro's ability to bring the best out of a diverse array of artists mm-hmm. um if you just like i mean 21 savage on this album is just really outstanding he's getting he's just getting better all you the time you can hear him getting so much better yeah he, so he has his, I think, two really standout so- songs on here. The first is Don't Come Outside, yeah. which someone in the Boosie Fade group described as 21 Savage ASMR <laughs> <laughs> um, for reasons that you will hear starting now, because we're going to listen to a little bit of it. Got my first cry, first cry, Glenwood Road, where they shies, nigga, slaughter gang, so I keep a knife, nigga, we was broke, so I we Y'all must thought that I was gonna whisper the whole time. I ran out of weed, I sent your bitch out of town. Yeah, and then on 10 Freaky Girls, 21, I think he's just really, really rapping very well. <laughs> yeah, no, very. He really is. Like, he just gets better and better. I think it's such a weird thing that people put him in, like, the mumble rap uh, category to me because he really raps. Like, yes. he's, he's, he's like a, kind of a traditional rapper in a lot of ways, like a traditional street rapper. You know, he's not like kind of like doing the like melodic, melodic stuff. stuff. Yeah. He's not doing like the like Lil Yachty struggling to keep stay on beat kind of thing. Like yeah. he really enunciates. He like, you know, especially like on uh, some of these songs or like on uh, like is a album. He like covers a kind of interestingly diverse number of topics and tones. Like he, he's just like and like he hasn't actually been rapping that long. I think he started in. 2013 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like he's five years into rapping a lot of rappers are like who five years into their career have been rapping from 15 years or something you know that's right and so it's it actually makes sense that he's kind of getting better I was, I was thinking he's the joel Embiid of of rap <laughs> joel Embiid only started playing basketball like six years ago wow yeah um he's also just really really funny yeah he has some really hilarious bars on 10 freaky girls so let's listen to a little bit of it now uber east when i want kiku she want to hang gotta let the gang g you metro worth a lot of m's nigga me too hanging up my earlobes is a rock hanging up my waistline is a glock the body in that casket was a arc. i don't throw no bottles i throw shots all these drip on me i need a mop Balenciaga boxes in the okay. I got 10 freaky girls. One of my favorite songs on the record is Dreamcatcher, which is just like it's again like shows Metro's sort of range. It's like just like a I don't think I've ever heard a song like it. You know? It's sort of like spaced out creepy R and B a little bit, a little bit like spaced out druggy music, a little bit like melodic, kind of like yeah, melodic Atlanta rap. I don't know. It's just a really interesting song. Yeah, and it's also 
It's also nice to hear Sway Lee and Travis on a song together. Yeah. Because I remember years ago when Travis came out with Antidote, mm-hmm. everyone was like, he sounds like Sway Lee. Travis right. Scott is ripping off another rapper. Right. It's Sway Lee. And it's nice to, to, to see them working together. Yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of Dreamcatcher. I don't measure. Say you love me five ever. All of a sudden. Make this bitch jump like a step team. See my diamonds, can you say? Wet dream. First, let me close the bamboo blinds. She don't say my name, but she does scream it. Dancing in the strobe lights. Put your eyes on me. I don't need to know your sign. Do you see something you like? I know what you into. great that he he's kind of back back with a cohesive product i mean looking at his catalog I'm, it's just amazing what effect he's had on this decade i mean we'll we'll link it in the show notes but go to wikipedia and just look at metro's production credits we talked about a lot of the songs but there's a lot of songs that we just didn't mention simply because we could literally talk about his entire discography and find very interesting things to discuss yeah so just take a gander on your own and just realize the impact this man has had yeah and how singular it has been on this decade yeah i mean i really do think that uh i mean who knows what the future will bring for his career but he's going to go down as one of the like great rap producers of this time period maybe the greatest like when you're not when you're not taking into consideration maybe like legacy people like kanye Uh that he's like maybe like the producer of this decade which is kind of insane yeah yeah you know um only people that to me are kind of in the same like same category like uh, 40 for all of his like sort of Drake stuff. That's right. Uh, Mike Will, you know, I don't know who else really can kind of compare. There's a lot of other good producers, but like Metro is just like, like Atlanta has been like such a center for rap music and like so much of that has to do with Metro. Metro is only 25. It's insane. I'm, I'm really curious to see what will become of his, and his future. Like the thing about Metro is that he, it's he's going to have a long career mm-hmm. because he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink. He's like a dead ass sober man yeah. who's focused on business and making music. Yeah. Um is there anyone that Metro hasn't worked with that you would like to hear him work with? Uh, I don't think he's worked with Little Baby. And I love Little Baby. It's true. So, that seems like a natural true. fit. Yeah. New Atlanta, yeah. you know. He he's done he did some stuff on the Gunner. He's done work on the with Gunner, yes. Gunner's on Gunner's on this record this, this well. album. I don't think uh, they've worked together yet. And that seems like a very logical fit to me. That's right. It also like him to, but like I will say other than the less logical thing, I would love to see him do like something for like Say if, you know, there was a new Outkast record. I think, uh-huh. like, that would be really cool to see. Like, because it's not like Metro. It's like Alex Luger or something where he only can just do, like, hard trap stuff. He has, like, a huge range. I think it could be that could be, like, really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, he has a huge range. I would like to hear 
like some Beyonce Metro songs, mm, you know? Yeah, that would be dope. Or Rihanna. Rihanna. Oh my God. Rihanna yeah. Metro. That's, Damn, that's the best one. That actually. is. Wow. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those are things that I'm, I'm hoping for. I think just in general, he's going to become, he's already well in his way. He's he's going to be just a huge mogul in yeah. the music industry. No, he's, he's like kind of the next, either like Mike Will or even like someone like Timbaland. I could see him if he could start developing artists a little bit more but yeah he, he still hasn't signed a rapper to that's on his label yeah and i could see him doing that mm-hmm. you know so yeah metro boomin man metro boomin, he gave us so much more yeah he really did yes so at the end of each of our, uh, our episodes we talk about a recent thing related to hip-hop that uh we've been into uh, whether it's like an article, a social media post, rediscovering an old album, uh, or a song, something like that. So for me, I'm going to talk about a record that we're not going to talk about in depth at any point, but uh, I just enjoy and I really enjoy the greater, greater catalog of these artists. Um, Jeremiah and Ty Dolla Sign put out a record last week uh, called My Ty uh, that's just like... I think that they are two of the most underrated artists of the uh, decade. They put out such consistent stuff. They're kind of funny. They're like, you know, just able to do this like kind of hip hop infused R&B so well. Uh, And this record is, you know, it's like that. I mean, it doesn't have the best um, guest features. It's got French French Montana, Chris Brown and Wiz Khalifa, who would be probably my three least uh, desired (laughs) guest features on, on an album like this. Uh, it's like that makes me feel like it's like it's it's just like so like kind of like Hollywood hip hop bullshit. Uh, but that said, none of them are overly offensive, and the record in general is just like more of artists who I just want more of all the time. I love, you know, Jeremiah's late nights, uh, his late nights gangster grills. I love Ty Dolla Signs all of his albums uh, yeah. But so you know, if you if you're into hip hop infused R and B, check out my Ty. It's a uh, it's just more of a good thing. It's good points. Good points. Um, so for me, I'm going to talk about a movie I saw last weekend. I saw the Jonah Hill directed film mid nineties. I also saw it last weekend, which features a truly outstanding soundtrack of nineties rap. And on, on this podcast, we tend to focus obviously on the popular hip hop of today, which is very like trap influence, very Southern base, but being watching this movie and hearing all these, these like different, iconic 90s rap songs mm-hmm. really like really i think crystallizes the strength of 90s rap yeah um i think that generally speaking a lot of people who are like 90s rap aficionados that continually talk about it are among the most obnoxious people you could ever meet in any context <laughs> yeah including people in the alt-right um <laughs> but just l- listening to the music devoid of that context, devoid of those people yeah. is just a really, really interesting and fun endeavor because you realize the universes that people were creating in rap in the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, just like so many different sounds, so many different types of flows, so many different, just, you know, sonic yeah. constructs in general. So on, on the soundtrack you got, obviously 93 till infinity, um, by the, by the souls of mischief you got a tribe called quest you got jay Ru the damager you got del the funky homo sapien there's a cameo in the film oh really yeah he's the homeless guy that they're talking oh my god wow okay great yeah got some big l it's just like it really is like a kind of like an all-star lineup of 90s rap yeah so i would just strongly recommend 
getting on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify or if, if you're not or Apple music or anywhere where you can find the soundtrack and like, just like play, play give it a whirl, yeah. lose yourself in these worlds because it's, you know, I think if, if you kind of are, are somebody who's listening to a lot of the new music and not really thinking a lot about music from the nineties, it's very easy to forget that hip hop has such a rich history of different sounding music. Yeah. So I, it's just worth a dip back into. Yeah, no, absolutely. And see the movie too. Yes. See the movie. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. All right. That's this week's episode of catch up. Please continue to like rate review subscribe spread the word about us tell your friends about it tell people in real life about our podcast Write graffiti in bathrooms they listen to catch up the, they listen to the catch up podcast on itunes or spotify yeah that's the graffiti tag you should write yeah if you need a stencil let me know <laughs> we are promoting bathroom <laughs> vandalism yeah um but yeah continue to show us some love because we appreciate it and help spread the word about the podcast and keeps us jazzed up so absolutely thanks once again for listening please have a great week stay safe and we will see you soon peace